0: Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth: A compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Hello, friends, and welcome to Fire on the Earth. I'm Pete Barak, filling in for Peter Herbeck this week. This week we've been unpacking what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. We've looked at our identity in Christ. We've looked at some definitions of what it means to be a disciple. Yesterday we dove into Colossians to look at what Paul describes as the result or the action of the new creation in Christ that we either reject our old nature and the things that come with our old nature and put on the new nature and come into accord and harmony with the new creation in Christ that the Lord wants to develop in us and ultimately that is a, a witness of love. And that's the thing I want to highlight from yesterday is that as we look at Colossians three and we look at what we should put off and what we should put on, it's not just about our own edification. It's not just about our own transformation. Of course, that's foundational and fundamental. But when a person submits to the Lord in obedience, allows the Lord to transform their heart, to be his disciple, to grow in his character and his competency, and goes to war with the old nature in themselves. Paul says to put to death the old nature and the wrath and the malice and the slander and all that stuff. When we do that, we now walk through the world as scripture talks about as being in it, but not of it. We are different. We are clearly a pilgrim on a way to a new destination. We are like the rest of the world, but we are not the world. We are now ambassadors of the kingdom. We are now citizens of heaven. We are now sons and daughters of God, which comes with a very different way of living. And it doesn't mean you don't still enjoy aspects of the world. It doesn't mean we can't still revel in nature or our family. We're every Saturday we're paying attention to Michigan football because Michigan football is very important to the Barack family. And I think the Lord delights in that. Because he delights in us, but not over and above, not if it's causing wrath and slander and malice. And I'd be lying if I said that Michigan football hasn't occasionally led to some uh, <coughs> wrath in my heart. But that's where I need to keep growing. That's where I need to keep submitting. That's where I need to keep obeying as a disciple does. So today, one aspect of discipleship that I've had some personal experience with, but it's not just me, because it's an inevitable part of life. Whether or not you're a disciple, every single person in the world will deal with what we're going to talk about today, but a disciple deals with it differently. And so today we're going to talk about suffering, that on this side of heaven, that part of the human condition here on earth, part of the fallen nature that we are living in through sin is we will all wrestle with suffering, some of which will be physical some of which will be emotional, spiritual, there's all psychological, there's all sorts of different suffering that we will encounter in others and we will wrestle with ourselves. And the world generally looks at suffering as something to be avoided and remedied at all costs, that the the worst aspect of life is suffering. And let's be honest, no, I, I don't think I've ever met anyone who likes suffering who's excited about suffering, who's kind of wishing for suffering. Now, you read the lives of the saints, and you, it gets pretty close. There are a lot of them where they seem to inflict a certain amount of suffering and fasting and penance upon themselves. And, and I think that that's called obedience to what the Lord is calling them to at that moment, too. And we need to be open to whatever the Lord brings our way and whatever he asks us to do, because everything he asks us to do is good. Everything he asks us to do is for our benefit. He is not a vengeful... I mean, he's not a mean father he's laying out a a life for our benefit and not for our woe but there's a there's a mystery to involved in suffering as to how we as disciples are called to navigate it because there's clearly clearly a beneficial sanctifying redemptive work that god can do through suffering and we as disciples don't necessarily need to figure that out and have all the answers our job is to be obedient to whatever he's asking us to do, and to submit to him everything we're dealing with. And here's the key point. To receive his opinion about it. What is God's opinion about everything in your life, including every suffering? And so we're going to dive into this because suffering is inevitable, but suffering for the disciple can be and should be redemptive. And there's a understanding within the will of God that he permits suffering but well, what we see in the the book of of Job is he permits but he limits and that suffering was not God's idea suffering entered into the equation because of sin and that was not the Lord's original intent he did not create us to suffer but the consequences of our rejection, the consequences of our disobedience, the consequences of our pride is that suffering has entered into the world. And so in his infinite wisdom and in, in his redemptive work for the world and in his permissive will, he allows things to happen. But for those who unite it to him, he works for good for all those who, who abide in him, who bring it to him. And so the Lord permits suffering, but he also limits And nothing has been given to us that we don't have the power to overcome. Nothing in our lives is too strong or too intense or too horrible for the Lord to, like, there's nothing he's overwhelmed by. And because he's not overwhelmed by it, we don't need to be overwhelmed by it either because he has the power to give us what we need to overcome it. He lives in us, the power of God lives in us and dwells in us, and the promise is that whatever is put before you, the grace necessary to overcome, to thrive, and to be redeemed through it is there in us if we believe and submit to it. And so when we encounter suffering in our life, as I said a second ago, the posture of a disciple is not necessarily to run from suffering or to reject suffering, but as we talked about the whole week, The posture of a disciple is to say, Lord, what do you want me to do here? What is your perspective? Those two questions I talked about. What's God saying to me and what am I doing about it? And I would submit that there's one of three opinions that the Lord has when it comes to suffering. So when we encounter suffering in our life, we we bring it to him and we ask him to deal with it, to heal it, to resolve it. To work in and through it. We bring it to him, and he's either going to say, I'm going to heal it and resolve it and make it right right now, like in the moment. A lot of times, this is most seen in kind of miraculous physical healings. I mean, there's no question. The Lord encourages us and invites us to pray for healing. And there's a rich history in the church, both in its past and in its present, of people being healed right in the moment. We bring it to, we bring um, the broken, the, the the one, the person full of cancer, right to the Lord, right now, and says, "Lord, please heal this person." And he does in that moment, now. Another option, another opinion he might have is not now, but soon. Sometimes the Lord works and resolves our suffering not in the immediate but in some length of time after that sometimes through you know modern medicine and treatment and all that the you know, that he has inspired in the world to help us or in a miraculous way just not in that moment so sometimes it's it's a, the Lord resolves something a suffering in us over a, a period of time so it's not now but soon and then the third option is not now Not soon, and the third option is not yet. Not yet. Because we know that as a disciple, that some suffering does not get resolved here on earth. But all suffering, all pain, all brokenness is healed eternally for those who are found in Jesus Christ. There is no brokenness, there is no pain, there is no suffering in heaven. So if the answer is, well, not now. And the answer is not soon. So the answer is not yet. Posture of a disciple is to still celebrate and still still worship and to still submit and to still glory in the fact that I am walking with a healer who will heal me. I am walking with a father who will draw me fully to himself. And if The answer is, not yet. I trust. I trust and I allow the suffering to build my trust, to build my faith, to purify my desires, to unite me ever more close to the Lord. And we can have great confidence in this whole process because of Jesus on the cross. We don't have a God who says, you need to suffer and good luck with it. We have a God who who suffers with us we have a god who models and portrays what it looks like to be obedient to the father's opinion to be obedient to the father's plan and to persevere in that plan and to then ultimately be redeemed and kind of unlock a redemption for the world through that plan i mean if you think about it, there is no Greater suffering in the history of mankind than what Jesus endured on the cross. And he submitted it to the Father. And he's almost like, if this cup could pass, and the Father says, Not now, <laughs> not soon. He says, Not yet. And Jesus perseveres in the suffering that is put before him. He embraces the cross. And because of this, what the scripture tells us? Like because of this, God greatly exalts him. And bestows on him the name which is above every name. And Jesus, through his wounds, we are healed. He models for us suffering in such a way that we can participate in his suffering. We can unite our suffering with his and actually see redemptive work come from it. And suffering is one way that we can be reminded of what God wants to do in us. How God really sees us. This is from the book of Sirach. The author says, Accept whatever is brought upon you, and in changes that humble you, be patient. For gold is tested in the fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation. Trust in him, and he will help you make your way straight, and hope in him. The furnace of humiliation. Furnace of humiliation. What? (laughs) Sign me up. That sounds great. No, nobody, nobody's excited about a furnace of humiliation, but there are so many aspects in our life where we find ourselves in a furnace of humiliation, and when we find ourselves there, the question to the Lord is, what are you doing in here, and what do you want me to do about it? Do you want to bring me out of it right now? Do you want to bring me out of it soon, or not yet? In either way, Lord, no matter what your answer is, I know that if I find myself in a furnace of humiliation, what is happening to me is I'm becoming gold if I submit if I unite this to your suffer to you Lord Jesus you are purifying me because you throw garbage in a fire to destroy it you throw gold in the fire to make it more pure to make it more what it really is And so when we find ourselves in a furnace of humiliation, we should absolutely submit that to the Lord. We should absolutely ask him for what we want the outcome to be. But as we sit in it and as we trust in him, as we cleave to him, as we hold on to him, as we accept what has been brought upon us and that we find ourselves in, we need to be reminded and confirming and affirming in ourselves that I am gold. That the Lord cares about me, that he's purifying me, that he's making me more like his son. Because the son who did not need purification submitted to a furnace of humiliation and invites us to to step into that fire with us. Invites us to, to step into that fire with him and walk with him and say, yes, Lord, do a work in me, purify me. So suffering is inevitable. But it's redemptive. In every suffering, submit to the Lord and say, what's your opinion about this? Do you want to heal me now? Do you want to heal me soon or not yet? And no matter what, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. A disciple says, blessed be the name of the Lord, because I am gold in need of purification. I am cleaving to the Lord and I will not depart because he is bringing me into his throne room. He's bringing me into heaven. He's purifying me so that I might live with him. This has been Fire on the Earth. I'm Pete Barak, filling in for Peter Herbeck. God bless. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth, would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash foe. That's renewalministries.net slash foe.